This is the city, Seattle, County of King, State of Washington, Seattle, USA. In all this wide, wide world, there's no other city quite like it. I'm Felix Bunnell, and this is Downtown Stories from the Downtown Seattle Association. Downtown Stories is a podcast exploring the history of the Downtown Seattle Association. It's all about understanding the city where we live and finding out how it came to be one of the most dynamic downtowns anywhere. On this episode, Seattle was booming in the early 1990s, and downtown was once again in transition. Kate Chonkas became CEO of the Downtown Seattle Association in 1994. Over the next two decades, she helped lead a number of efforts, including creation of the Metropolitan Improvement District, or MID, and meeting the challenges and creating opportunities brought about by events such as the WTO and the Nisqually earthquake. Over those 20 years as CEO, Kate Jonkis was there with DSA, helping downtown Seattle of the 21st century take shape. The day after the major first major set of riots, I came out to find a mom and her daughter with Fantastic at one of the historic buildings downtown trying to take off the graffiti because she was so angry that this is, she said, this is not how my town looks. I mean, that's Seattle. It was a busy morning in late spring when I met Kate Jonkis for conversation at DSA-managed Occidental Park in Pioneer Square. When you started at, at DSA, it wasn't too long after that the Metropolitan Improvement District was sort of articulated, or where did, where did that come from, that idea? You know, when downtowns really declined due to competition from shopping centers and the suburbs, um, downtown organizations stole a tool from shopping centers, which was shopping centers have a fee for all the businesses there that goes to cleaning and management and marketing. And downtown said, you know, if we want to be competitive, we're going to have to do the same thing. And that's what the Metropolitan Improvement District is. It's just all the property owners and businesses coming together and say, we're going to do a fee together. Because, you know, downtown, all those businesses and properties are independently owned. And, you know, it, it gives an ability to people to work together on that. So when I got here, there were three little tiny business improvement districts, and they realized that they weren't able to solve problems individually. So mm -hmm. it took us, you know, five, ten years, but eventually we made the Metropolitan Improvement District from Denny, you know, to Pioneer Square and the ID and up to I-5 and the water. And that combined leveraging all that together, the, both the resources and the number of people in the district, we were able to make some really amazing changes. I mean. Um, we pick up thousands and thousands of pounds of trash the mid does every day and still there's more but I can't imagine what downtown would look like if it had those 55,000 graffiti tags the mid took off last year were in downtown. Now was that a tough sell to convince business owners to be part of that? I mean it's, it's new, it was new, it represented well, an new. investment or expense on their part, right? It, it did and we had to make a really solid business case for it that this was not a gift, it was an investment, and you were gonna to get to oversee that investment and see how every penny was spent and decide how that happened. And so I think that's part of the success for it. It's been always very transparent and very, the people who pay the money get to decide exactly how it's spent. And you know, with the taxes, other taxes you pay, it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, and were there particular volunteers or members of the committees with DSA who were essential in making that thing come together? All the major property owners. Okay. You know, you get a property owner like um, 
you know, the, the towers that we have along, you know, right Ronstadt or Mark Barbieri, their buildings are beautiful, their sidewalks are beautiful. They don't need the mid to help them, but they're doing it because not every property owner keeps their downtown, their properties as nice as they do. And they realize that, you know, to recruit businesses to their beautiful property, all the properties adjacent that there's the people in those businesses were going to walk past on the way to their bus or to the train also had to be in great shape. So it was thinking about the collaborative process you need to make a neighborhood work. And were there, was there any time in that process of it coming together where it seemed like it was going to go sideways or were there anything like where it's just... Oh sure, about yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about sticking to the table to work through things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so I think the was the mid actually founded officially the big the big expanded mid I think in 1999 so we're, it's the 20th anniversary yeah. this year yeah that was also the year of that little party they had here for all the world <laughs> trade leaders the, WTO yeah. did that yeah. did, was the mid I mean did the mid help respond to that or do you remember what what was it like being the head of DSA when the WTO was here and that you know it was I have to say it was discouraging we knew how all the great things that we were doing here and that's just not how we were seen in the national news. On the other hand, the community response was amazing. The day after the major first major set of riots, I came out to find a mom and her daughter with Fantastic at one of the built historic buildings downtown trying to take off the graffiti because she was so angry wow. that this is, she said, this is not how my town looks. I mean, that's Seattle. Yeah, that, I always thought that whole WTO thing, it could have, it would have happened anywhere. I mean, it was almost like yes. a UFO that I landed agree. here that we yeah. thought was going to have, you know, uh -huh. friendly, you know, anyway, it's just, right. that, that's such a, it was such a bizarre situation, such a, so out of the timeline. So like just a weird, like uh -huh. left turn from everything else Yeah, but we grew on. up after that too. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, yeah. we um, took seriously more how we deal with big public um, comings together yeah. and now we're seen as one of the national experts on dealing with big public events. Yeah, and the, I think in the movie the mayor was played by Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Who played you in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't in the movie. <laughs> I was definitely behind the scenes. <laughs> so if I'm remembering like my history correctly, like after WTO, see so 1999, into, into um, what do we have, uh, Y2K, it was just one Y2K. thing after another with these, with these the terrible abbreviations. The earthquake in 2001. Well, tell me about that. What was? What do you remember from that earthquake? Um, I just remember everyone downtown standing outside. You know, yeah. I came down and was at City Hall. Um, and the thing I remember about that is that, okay, the viaduct was damaged, but it's still standing. Now's our chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you look back, I think I found stuff where, I think it was a uh, city council member John Miller was calling for a study about what it would take to tear down the viaduct, like in 1973, yes. I think. So yes. it's sort of this like yes. long, long-standing thing. But yep. yeah, here, here it is, 2019. And, it's, and there's it's a there. project that died many times before it lived, and that's why I say persistence and a vision is just what you need. And in the era that you were at, at DSA, how did we compare with other cities that had similar organizations in terms of the, I don't know, the relationship with the politicians and with the business community? Where we are we sort of where are we on the contentious meter in terms of like how things are debated or hashed out? Because you always hear people talking about Seattle process, yeah. which you can point back to the forward thrust stuff back in the 60s and 70s and Jim Ellis kind of getting everyone under the tent to get their, you know, have their stake in the, not just the, the, the argument, but the solution as well. I mean, was there, can you characterize the, the years that you were? You know, in? politics is politics. Yeah. People are people, <laughs> process is process. I yeah. think we're no better or worse than other cities, depending on the time of year, the month. Yeah the day. Um, but I have to say, 
the whole time I was at downtown Seattle, I was very engaged in our national professional association. I, and almost every good de idea that got implemented here is one that I saw or stole from someone else. Yeah. And you go to other cities and they'll say the same about us. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, with the mid, I mean, does it, did it grow or did it take on additional responsibilities? Or tell me, did it, did it evolve while you were involved? The MID has always had a very active advisory board, and so it's always responsive to change of conditions and needs of customers. The MID is a very customer service focused organization. So every year, the property owners, the business owners, the people who live downtown are always telling us about the conditions. And, uh, you know, we, over the years, we had to do a lot more cleaning and trash pickup. I mean, I would say that we got so many tourists. Isn't that great? They litter like fiends. Um, <laughs> we, the homelessness issue grew yeah. over time. So we had to train mid-ambassadors on mental health and what all the services were and how to approach people who were in crisis in downtown. So it has changed over time and will continue to change. You know, when we added uh, Belltown came in as a neighborhood when we renewed them in 13, 12 or 13, and that's a lot of new residents. And so they have a lot of, they have their own opinions about what downtown should be like and how to activate Bell Street and the Bell Street Park. So it's always changing because downtown's always changing. It is amazing how much more um, residential downtown Seattle is, how yeah. much, how much more people there are on the streets after dark. I remember, I, I grew up here. Yeah. I was yeah. I was a teenager in the 1980s. You'd come down town Seattle in nothing. the mid 80s. There's nothing going on, especially yeah. nope. Pioneer Square had it. So there were certain yeah. parts of the city that had night spots and that sort of thing. But most of the city was just literally the sidewalks rolled up. And um, now it's so much different, and the density is so much more. I mean, it's exciting in some ways. I think it's also you know, it's a pain for a lot of people. This this it feels like we're in this adolescent period. Yeah. But we don't have the density yet that lets the public transportation be as efficient as we would like it to be. But we don't have the. It's just it's hard. It's hard. I think we're in this. It's awkward phase. It's going to oh, be a I've few more a, decades, maybe. I've got a counter with you on public transportation. Okay. okay. We spent a lot of time at DSA thinking about that. Mm -hmm. We knew if we didn't have the pub, really robust tr public transportation, we were going to be completely congested with all the jobs that we have added. Mm -hmm. Most of the lines in Seattle now, it's a 10 or 15 wait for a bus almost all the day. I mean, yeah. that is a national best standard and practice. In fact, we have some of the best transit and the best transit statistics for using transit of all the cities except the ones that have really robust long-term subway systems. So we, uh, it may not be as best as much in the suburbs and we're, tr and you mm -hmm. know, it, that's going to happen, especially when light rail opens, but our inner city transit is pretty darn good. I think I'm a dinosaur. I think I'm just stuck on my, my single occupant vehicle. I still love driving my car. I mean, that's just, that's, oh, I'm, I, I'm, so I'm of a certain age where it's just, you know. You and I'm a total bus girl. Yeah, see, yeah. That's, I, I like having the radio and having the air conditioning and, you know, all my steps <laughs> in the back. I mean, it's, it's terrible. I, real, I realize I'm a dinosaur. But I still am happy to see Seattle becoming more dense because the yeah. alternative yeah. is not what we want, I think. I think, yeah. but I do think it'll be a matter of, Managing density of, yeah. is going to be a huge issue, and yeah. for downtown, I mean, we really focused on, you know, we added, I think the stats are 40,000 jobs since wow. 2010, but only 2,200 new SOV drivers, I guess you're one of them. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but that, the, you know, having the people who come to, making transit so convenient that people will choose it is where you want to get to, and we really are very close to that. Now, were the things that you wanted to do during your tenure at DSA that you didn't get to yet or that were in the works or that you sort of helped get started but haven't come to fruition yet? Or I think all of us in Seattle wanted to have better solutions for homelessness. So yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm not alone in that. It's been very discouraging to see 
how difficult that issue has been. I mean, the viaduct got done not as fast as we wanted it, but yeah. it's coming down and the park is just going to be spectacular. Um, you know, I think we did pretty well in retail, but I think there's a lot more to do. The retail, the whole retail sector is in such a turmoil. And when you look around at a downtown or commercial district, I mean, retail really is a sizzle. You got to have that retail to make it walkable and urban. Yeah, and let's let's talk about the waterfront for a second. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned the waterfront again because that waterfront park, I think, is my prediction is that people will have amnesia about what it took to get to that park in terms of the delays with the viaduct and all the. the That's what happened the in Boston for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. and I, I lived right by that old central artery uh, in Boston. Oh, yeah. 25, 30 years ago, I uh -huh. lived there for a year, and it's just I was back a year or so ago, and it's just yeah, unrecognizable. It's and I think most people here will just will forget the years that it took to get to this park but I think in some ways I think that's bad because I know a lot of people have been working behind the scenes and otherwise to put together a pretty amazing design that is just gonna blow people away was was, was DSA involved with that or tell me about was DSA directly involved with that or how was, what was DSA's role I guess our role was to make sure that project didn't die <laughs> So That's we were important. just continuing to push the city to try to make the funding happen, to do the politics, to keep the downtown constituency together and positive and strong over many years of ups and downs. Um, that was our role. And I think the last, you know, one of the last big things the downtown community did was supported the LID to provide extra funds for the waterfront from just downtown to mm -hmm. make sure that that works. I mean, you go stand on the new deck that Pike Place Market did and yeah. look it's just you can visualize how amazing it's going to be. Yeah and then even just the way they redid the seawall which a seawall I think yeah. is pretty darn unglamorous to most people but the final product yeah. with the new glass tiles. You know for the, the salmon and came right back. Yeah it, when the oh, glass they did? and you can take okay. a uh, if you go on the Friends of the Waterfront website I think you can still take a uh, kayak trip underneath the seawall oh, take a cool. look. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I struggle with, you know, I don't want to gush about how cool I think Seattle is, because I yeah. grew up here and I'm biased, but I think, and I, I look, I visit, I travel, not a lot, but I travel enough where I see other cities and I see stuff that I think I would have done differently, or I see what are probably chronic issues yeah. in other cities. I look around here and obviously we have issues with homelessness and stuff we're struggling uh -huh. with, with housing, that any any vibrant city, I think, they're, they're almost, not, not that homeless is a good thing to have, but the problems we have are a result of things most cities would want, like good problems, like people want to live here, they want to work here, they want to start businesses here. Um, I agree with you. I grew so, up in upstate New York um, in a city that had not been economically prosperous since 1900. So I mean, I saw how devastating that was. Everybody who had anything going on left town as soon as they graduated from high school because there was no opportunity for you there. Yeah. So I will take the problems of growth any day. Yeah. because those are things you can work on and try to make better. But it means you have jobs and you have prosperity. And yes, the prosperity is not equally distributed. That is happening all across the United States mm -hmm. and a huge concern in Seattle. Um, but we're working on it. And uh, that's a, I'd rather have that problem than the problem of no jobs. Yeah, and I, I feel sometimes it's sort of a, I don't know, not criticize politicians, but I feel like What's nice about DSA is, how long were you the director? Was it 20 years? 20 years. See, that, yeah. that continuity, that's a good thing because you build expertise and you build relationships yep. and your ability to get things yep. done increases over time and, and trust and everything. It's all about partners. Everybody's yeah. a partner um, in downtown. And I think I was really influenced by Mayor Rice who said, downtown's everybody's neighborhood and everybody has to be able to participate and feel comfortable. And I thought that that is the right value for downtown going forward and tried to always make that happen. 
Yeah, because right where we're sitting now, we're at Occidental Park. Um, what, what, what was the idea with what DSA does here with Occidental Park? So this, this project at Occidental Park was based on a, a, a spectacular learning and success in New York, Bryant Park. And what they learned at Bryant Park was that it's not about pushing out scary behavior or homeless people. It's about activating the park for everyone. Um, Occidental Park now is full of tables and chairs, and on a sunny day, it's just packed with everyone, yeah. with kids, with moms, with tourists, with workers, and people who are homeless and living in the shelters. But when you activate and there's lots of people, everyone can be there comfortably. Yeah, and it's, I was just, while you were saying that, I was looking down the street. I know there's two stadiums that weren't there right. in 1994. Right. And there's, I don't know how many thousands of square feet of office space visible that wasn't here in 1994. That really was pretty busy 25 years. You know, the, <laughs> the key in Pioneer Square was housing, though. When we started the neighborhood plans for downtown and working with Pioneer Square, the housing was not diverse. It was almost all shelter beds. And we knew that to make Pioneer Square healthy had to have a real diversity of housing. So now you have all kinds of people living in the neighborhood, shopping, being here 24 hours a day. And it's made an incredible difference. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how it's, it's almost, it's year round too. I know obviously Seattle's tourist season is our nice weather period that, you yeah. know, May, June, July, August, right. September. But I've been down here other times a year and it's just, it's a different feel. It yeah. seems like it's, I guess I want to see I want to see DSA and elected officials get more credit for the things that work, and for <laughs> and sort of and to articulate. I mean, you said this a little bit. It's about persuasion. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's it's, um, it's being persistent, but it's also being able to persuade yep. people about what is it we're doing. And it, sometimes it feels like in the political environment, globally, nationally, yeah. sometimes locally, we're so polarized that you have people stating their their positions but not really trying to persuade the other. And I sort of. I crave a, a more persuasive kind of leadership, I guess, at, you know, in all at, our At DSA, places. we just keep moving forward on what we think <laughs> yeah. is to do. So another great phrase I've always kept with me, George Duff, who is the longtime, original, the longtime director of the Chamber of Commerce, said, if you don't need to get credit, you can get a lot done. <laughs> That's right. And so we, just, we take satisfaction from knowing Occidental Park just is safe and comfortable and vibrant and active. And it doesn't matter who, that people know that we did it. It works. That's good. That's great. And then, and so, I mean, help me think about Seattle, say 25 years from now, which would be, what, be my math, is that 2044? Yeah. yeah, that's 25 years from now. What do you predict for Seattle 2044? You know, I don't know what I predict. I wouldn't have predicted where it is today. <laughs> but I, what I do know is you can't take your foot off the gas pedal because change is ever present. You lay back, you're gonna not make it. You know, a lot. We look at Amazon and its presence in our downtown, which has just changed everything. And it's great, and it's exciting, and it's vibrant. But we don't want to be Detroit 25 years from now. So we, you need to keep your economy diverse. You need to keep caring about it. You need to keep it beautiful. Um, you know, if you have a beautiful pedestrian environment, a lot of other things come. So that's what DSA is focusing on now, and I think that's the right place to be. Yeah, because it seems like there's so many things that are beyond anyone's control right. that you have to sort of right. get the things you can control yeah. as good right. as they can be so you're able to yeah. deal with the things that come up, whether uh -huh. it's a like a good thing, like the emergence of a company like Amazon that just uh -huh. does so much to radically shift things uh -huh. in good ways most of the way, but also in diff challenging ways for some other people, or the earthquake, or, you know, WTO. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, it's uh, the complexity... Complexity is a little mind-numbing, head-spinning sometimes. <laughs> right. I think that communicating that complexity to just the 
the average person who works in downtown and takes the bus to and from work or yep. looking is looking for a place to have lunch. I feel like that that there's an opportunity there for carrying those values forward because you know 20 years from now I I don't think I don't know, I won't necessarily be here anymore. I mean who knows? It's sort of I've noticed a sort of through line with Seattle if you look back you know with the people I've been talking to for this podcast and other DSA history stuff. There is that just commitment to kind of working with working together trying to not impose solutions but trying to get solutions that everyone contributes to and somehow forges together um, and that seems unusual or rare or something in in most stuff today where there's actually this sort of true consensus and maybe that's why we can't always get things done quickly um, I don't think we ever had true consensus in downtown, okay. too diverse. <laughs> but we got to the point that people could say, oh, let's try that, or I can live with it. Let's see how it works. Uh, you know, the one thing I know is there's no magic bullet for a downtown or a neighborhood. You just got to keep everybody at the table, and you got to keep your eyes open for what's happening and for new opportunities. And um, when that recession hit back in 2008, 2009, uh -huh. I think the general feeling is Seattle did a lot better than a lot of other places in the country. I mean, we lost Washington Mutual, of course. Right. And a lot of people lost That's their jobs. And ec economic yeah. activity slowed down. But it seemed like we bounced back pretty fast compared well, to other places. We're still pretty diverse in terms yeah. of our job mix in downtown. And for, you know, we got some big... That's when Russell Investment committed That's right. to come downtown. That's right. And that's when Amazon committed to stay downtown. And people always say to me, oh, okay, that was just so lucky that Amazon got there. And that, that was a luck. That was decades of work so that when Jeff Bezos walked around downtown, he said, you know, if I have my business here, um, employees are gonna wanna be here too because it's so vibrant and active and it enabled me to, to um, recruit the best employees because it's such a great place to be. That didn't happen by accident. That vibrancy, you know, if that had been 1994 when there was no one on the streets nights and weekends and Frederick and Elsa was still vacant, wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because then now the result is you have this whole other part of downtown that wasn't yes, really there before. I mean, exactly. Westlake, the old Westlake was those single-story buildings and yeah, two-story buildings, lots. antique, antique stores. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you, I mean, I hear a lot of people these days complaining about, you know, some certain business closes down and it's the end of the world. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, you have a background in historic preservation. Didn't, I remember when you were hired, yeah. I think, that you said you'd worked at the National Trust? I did at the Main yeah. Street program. I remember being yeah. very excited about that when I read the press yeah. release about you. Um, and I worked at the, I was a member of the King County Landmarks Commission and I did historic preservation stuff. <clears throat> but maybe I've gotten older or something, but I sort of feel like there's this sort of, you can't save everything, but you have to save the things that help that create the continuity and yep. that are sustainable. But it's tricky. It's like you, uh, if there's an ongoing community conversation about yeah. that, that's right. There's no one answer to that. It just has to be what the community feels is important to them. Yeah, I think the debates can be really interesting in terms of what But you can't value. save everything. You can't make everything yeah. into a house museum. I mean, the, yeah. I think, and the National Trust discovered this too in the Main Street program to keep historic commercial districts, is that the best way to keep a historic building with us and maintained is to make sure it has an economic utility that is still a great place for business to be in or stores to be in. So you have to have some flexibility there. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I would like to live to be, you know, 500 years old and see what Seattle was like 450 <laughs> years from now. I think it'd be really exciting. Yeah. So I feel like so much of Seattle's history has been about reinventing every generation or so. I where think that's right. 1994, yeah. 2019 is unimaginable how it really yeah. turns out. And you sort yeah. of you can do the things you prepare for, but you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Yeah. But it just completely changes and flips over, and people 25 years from now will look back at 2019 and it will be 
yep. a whole other bunch of surprises, good That's and right. bad. That's right. I always think about the next, like the next really big earthquake. And I like to think that we're prepared in a way in terms of the seismic upgrades that we've done and in terms of the training that people have done that will respond from that well and kind of make the most of it and mature or grow from it the way we did from WTO and from the Nisqually quake. But it's hard to predict, I guess. Yeah, it's hard to predict any of it. And when I look back, you know, I saw dozens and dozens of towns during the Main Street program and, you know, since then working yeah. around the country. The thing that makes a difference in communities that stay healthy and their downtowns and commercials stay healthy, it's not their economy necessarily. It's not how much money they have in their budget. It's local leadership. When local leadership comes to the table, they make a commitment and they say, this can be better. We have a vision. Let's do it. And that's what Seattle benefits from. Yeah. Great local leadership. And it seems like if you do it right, one generation of great local leadership begets the next generation. Yeah, because you create an expectation. Yeah, that's yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It becomes part of the, the, yeah. the values that communities identified uh -huh. with. And that's the stuff. I mean, that's a whole other tricky subject area is that how yeah. a community carries its values forward. Yeah. It seems like DSA is a big part of that because it's, it's not like it's just only focused on the economy. It's not just right. about making money. It's about quality of life and it's about sustainability right. and yep. this complex sort of symphony or recipe or whatever metaphor you like to kind of make it bubble along to the next the next meal. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, yep. That's a very mixed metaphor. But anyway, <laughs> well, I appreciate you sitting down to talk to me oh, thank about you. this. Thank you. It's fun. Because the history is just... I I like to think there's a practical application for history that you can learn from yeah. the recent past and the distant yeah. past and yeah. use those lessons to prepare for the future. I think sometimes that's probably a little, a little ambitious, but I think there are, there's definitely key things that, that carry forward, especially those things about values. And yeah. Seattle, as much as it's changed, it's still just this place that people want to be. And I hope it stays that way. So. And it'll take work to keep it that way. Yeah. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a conversation with Kate Jonkis, former CEO of the Downtown Seattle Association. She was my guest on Downtown Stories, a podcast from the DSA. I'm producer and host Felix Bunnell. See you next time for more Downtown Stories. Things are swinging in Seattle.